Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. This is Elaine today, and I am here with my friend, Roxanne Jarrett. Roxanne, welcome. Hello. We have a story for you today, really, like a really important, powerful, poignant story. And it started a long time ago. But we're going to fast forward for a minute because I rediscovered Roxanne in November of 2022 at the International Conference on ADHD. And we were standing in, maybe we were standing in the bar late at night with a group of people. And Roxanne looked at me and she said, you may not remember me, but I remember you. And she went on to tell me the story that we're going to talk about today. And as you can imagine, or you'll know soon by the didn't take long for me to be in tears and for her to be in tears and, and it's impactful and it's important. And it's a conversation about the truth of what a lot of us as parents deal with, with complex kids and a conversation about the unbelievably important value of asking for and getting the help that we need. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Roxanne, and ask you to start the story from your beginning. All right. I, I'm going to start with when we made contact, Elaine. That was uh, about seven years ago, maybe around about seven years ago. And I reached out to you because I needed help. My daughter was 10. Uh, she's my only child. I'm her only parent. And we had been going through such a rough patch. Yeah. And I was losing my temper. And it was not characteristic of me to lose my temper to the degree that I had been. And I had been, it's hard to admit, I had been fantasizing about hitting my child. I had been fantasizing about walking out and disappearing. And then maybe making a call from some uh, some place anonymously to tell people where she was so somebody could care for her. I mean, it's it's kind of embarrassing to say. It's hard to say. But I know that some that, that I, one thing I've found true in my life is that if I'm thinking something, chances are somebody else is thinking a similar thing. Right. That's that's so powerful because we hear people calling all the time with stories like if I could just buy a one way bus ticket. (laughs) Right. If I could just because 
you know, and it's amplified when you're a single parent of a single child or living alone. It's just the two of you. I mean, this this happens for people who are partnered, but it's exponential when you're a single parent. Yeah. And so I was so scared one day when I was dropping her at the bus. I think it was about three days in a row at that point where she was getting out of the car to get in the school bus in tears. Yeah. And that morning I was in tears as well. Uh, just my yelling at her, losing, losing my temper. It was horrible for her. And, and it was horrible for you. Yes, it was horrible right. for me. Yes, you're right. Okay. I just want to acknowledge that. Thank you. <laughs> and so I went. Because the fear, mm-hmm. it sounds like you weren't actually, you were afraid of yourself yes. at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so what I did was I went home and I called Child Protective Services on myself. The reason I did that is because we did have some supports. However, because our families in comparison to other families seemed rather um, functional. Right. I, I, for months and months and months, I was saying to the counselor that came to the home that I feel like I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my rope. I even told her that I wanted to disappear. I told her all of those things. However, I, I was able to verbalize it. I mean, I think she's going into households where people are just throwing things and stuff, you know, coming uh, you know, drug use and all types of stuff. So, so I think I was kind of our family. By comparison. By comparison, yeah. I think our family was pretty, you know, okay. And so I called Child Protective Services on myself. So stop there for a second, mm-hmm. because it's it's and that's where you started your conversation with me. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a very powerful choice that you made to mm-hmm. say, OK, I know I need help and and I'm asking for it and nobody's nobody's listening. So I'm going to escalate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a powerful choice. Yeah. And it was a scary choice. And I managed to tell a a young woman that I was working with, a a counselor, what I had done. Mm -hmm. And she was afraid for my daughter. And so she said, I would like to take her for a few days. Uh, Because she said when they come, because somebody was going to come later in the afternoon. And she Mm -hmm. said, when they come, they're probably going to want to separate you. And so she said, I will take her for a few days. And when she did, I allowed it. That's when we spoke, Elaine. Yeah. And so you don't remember how you found me. And it doesn't really matter because that's the case most of the time somewhere on those interwebs. Mm -hmm. But you called and we got on the phone. Right. And the first thing you said to me was, I just called Child Protective Services on myself. Yes. And as you can imagine, y'all, it got my attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then what happened? So I worked out with you an opportunity to attend sanity school. Yeah. The three days um, turned into six weeks. Without your daughter. Six weeks without my daughter. Yeah. Which is tremendously difficult for both of us. I didn't want that time apart to be wasted. Yeah. So sanity school was was the lifeline that I had and the place where I I went to learn and relearn things that I had 
either picked up in life or had never been come across. Right. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't just things about your daughter. It was things about yourself. Right. Because we know that there's a child involved here, but really the story is about you. Mm-hmm. It's about you reaching the end of your rope, you saying, I need help. You understanding who you wanted to be as a parent. Yeah. Right. And, you know, in those days, you at that time, you didn't have the resources and we do have a scholarship program. And so we made the, the class available to you. And part of what I asked you, if I recall at the time was, will you commit to doing this if we make it possible for you to do it? And you said, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> to Elaine and did. Diane. Thank you to both of you, um, Elaine and Diane. So biggest takeaways from Saturday school, um, rephrasing thoughts. Yeah. So I've heard of reframing thoughts. <laughs> it was really great to learn how to rephrase thoughts as well. Say a little more. What does that mean for you? Because sometimes uh, reframing takes a certain amount, to me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a certain amount of belief. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might need the words. We might need to just say the words and say them over and over again until we come into belief mm-hmm. and understanding. I don't want to put you on the spot, but, but do you have an example of that? Yes. So okay. my child is having difficulty. Instead of saying my child is disrespectful, mm-hmm. my child is having difficulty showing respect to me or whomever, right? Yeah. And to look at it, it helped me to look at my daughter and myself differently Mm -hmm. by rephrasing thoughts. And that was something that I picked up in sanity school, one of my first and most powerful lessons in sanity school. Because if I say it differently, I'll experience it differently. Yes. And I will come into that experience, but I have to take the step Mm-hmm. of rephrasing. Beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. What else? What else happened for you during those six weeks? I started to see myself and my daughter a lot. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm diagnosed with ADHD as well. And we were diagnosed around the same time. As an, <laughs> But you were an adult. I was an adult. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was an adult and she was about six, or just turned six, I think, um, just finishing kindergarten. Yeah. So going through the program, I was seeing the, I was seeing the things that I, I can do to help my daughter. And I was also seeing the things that I think could have helped me and can still help me. If, I mean, it's my responsibility now to help myself. And I was able to really connect with my daughter and, and I missed her so much over, over that time. And uh, over the six weeks, I, we did see each other because oddly enough, she was in, she was in fifth grade. She was finishing lower school. And we knew that she was leaving that school. Uh, it was seven, she spent seven years there. And we were both in the community play. Oh, so we so would sweet. Yeah, so we would see each other at rehearsals. And then after rehearsals, I would drop her back to where she was and she would cry in the back seat and say, Mommy, the only place I belong is with you. And and I would just have to I, I went through seeing her in oh. tears and sobbing and still not allowing her to come home, <laughs> you know? 
So, so here's what's coming up for me, Roxanne, is that one of the hardest things to help parents see is that taking care of our kids starts with taking care of ourselves because we feel like we should do it all and give ourselves away. And they put them first and all of that. And what you're modeling here and what you taught her really clearly was that you couldn't take care of her if you couldn't take care of yourself. Yes. You really did have to put your oxygen mask on first. And that even meant dropping her off again, as painful as that was. Yes, terribly painful. And she's gone through therapy as a result, you know, yeah. um, to understand that, you know, I can, I can understand having feelings of abandonment as a yeah. result. So, yeah, that's what that's what happened. We went through six weeks and then we had a meeting with a new therapist that was assigned to her and is still with her now. She's 17. She's 17 now. And we made the decision that she's going to come home. And she did. Yeah. Yeah. So what was different? What was different was that I put more supports in place before she returned. I had some respite. I had the opportunity. I have to say... Montgomery County, Maryland is an amazing place when it comes to mental health supports. Uh, Montgomery County, Maryland is a model for the country. And so I, because I, my income was low, I was able to be part of a program that, that provided respite for parents, for caregivers of complex children, for example. And so I was able to gain access to that support over those six weeks. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter was able to have someone to come into the home so that I could leave the home and feel that she was safe and cared for and where I could take care of myself and um, rejuvenate and reflect Yes. Yeah. So when we were talking a little bit before we started today, you said you wanted to, there were some, some things that, that stuck in your mind as time went by that influenced the choices you made as a parent. Yes. You want to yeah. talk about some of that? Yeah. So my daughter has a cousin who's two years older. And I remember when she was seven uh, and, and he was nine, we were on vacation together and He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant young man. And he would just delve into subjects. He would, when I remember when he was two, he loved trains and he would, he went and learned every possible thing he could about trains. And then he would exhaust that and move on to something else. So he was talking about weather and he had built something so he could, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, it's just way above my, <laughs> beyond my wheelhouse, you know? And I remember my daughter saying, I want to be really good at something mm. too, you know, like her cousin. And that's just stuck in my mind, right? Yeah. So I have the privilege to work with a young woman who was about 25. She was hardworking. And she was one of the supports that I got for myself. Mm-hmm. And she was living with dyslexia. 
And she also was an extreme, an extremely hardworking person. I mean, as a 25 year old, didn't go out, didn't, she was, I have to study, I have to study, I have to work hard. And I think she really had an affinity with me because she also was a single child raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she told me how her mother would make her study after school and do extra lessons with reading and hours and hours. She didn't do extracurriculars and so on and so forth. And it happens so often with a learning disability. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as hardworking as she is, she struggled with reading and spelling still. Yeah. She struggled and struggled still. And if I had not had her example or seen what she had gone through and mm-hmm. met her mother and so on, I wouldn't have made some of the choices that I made. But that thing about I want to be really good at something and then seeing this young woman who's very hardworking study hours and hours and not have friends and not have extracurriculars and still have difficulty, so much difficulty with spelling and reading and grammar and punctuation and all of that stuff. I said, okay, I think I better just focus on Sophie's strikes. Strengths. Yeah. Later yeah, strengths. My daughter. my daughter. Yeah. So yeah, back to sanity school and letting something slide. That was another takeaway. Letting something slide in the interest Hmm. of helping my child see her strengths and feel supported. Beautiful. Yeah. Now that was not easy, right? (laughs) Because, Because first of all, I'm diagnosed with ADHD. I had a different kind of upbringing. And as much as I struggled with certain things in school, I was always a strong reader. So it it was hard for me to see my daughter do things like look at a menu and not understand, just kind of skip over things and read. I'm just, I I don't know, just kind of skim read. And I remember being in her service plan meeting. So she was in private school up until high school, up until eighth grade. After eighth grade, she went to to public school, but I I would still have service plans with the local public school every year, Mm -hmm. um, which now is is called an IEP or an individualized education plan because she's in public school. Right. Right. So I remember still having that stuff in my mind about my daughter wanting to be really good at something, but also looking at this young woman who worked really hard and still had problems with reading and spelling. And I said to the psychologist at the meeting, you know, she's not able to read a menu. Mm. She's going to have to drive at some point and read signs. What's going to happen to her? And he said, she's just going to have to figure it out. That's what he said to me. And I'm sure that I've heard things like that before. It just clicked then, though. He Mm -hmm. said, I work with people who are at Johns Hopkins (laughs) University right now. And when they go out with their friends, they're reading menus and they're going to either feel embarrassed or they're going to feel upset because they missed out on something. And they're going to have to, they're going to learn or they're going to negotiate life. However they negotiate life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's what, what's the insight about that? Cause it's a, it's a really great awareness. Like I think often as parents of complex kids, we, 
you know, we talk about insanity school, we catastrophize forward. If they can't do this now, then 15 years from now, they're not going to be able to, right? If she's 10 now, what's she going to do when she's 20? When, of course, we forget that there's a lot of development that happens between 10 and 20 or 25 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what was, what was different about that insight when he said, she's just, she'll learn, she'll figure it out. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. I think I was at the intersection. She was going to high school. This was her last middle school meeting, eighth grade. And I heard the same thing over and over again. And and I just didn't accept it before. But now I was at the intersection of, well, she's going to high school. And what is she going to do? Is she going to excel in something? Mm -hmm. Or is she going to spend her time, her next four years before college, trying to remediate skills? Yeah. So those messages that we pick up over time, over the course of years, they they stay with us if they they strike us, if they resonate. And that whole thing about letting things slide came back to me. And I thought, but letting something slide in the interest of helping my child see her strengths and feel supported. So So both see see her strengths and and feel supported. So in that meeting, I remember they were talking about the iPad and spell check and all of these different supports. And I just decided to say, okay. Because before, I think I was more like, well, what if you don't have your iPad? How are you going to spell if you don't have spell check? How are you going to do this or that? And I thought, well, you know, when I was 20, I became the director of a children's theater company in New York. Okay. And I remember seeing the director of the old, the person who had run that company for 20 years write something down. And I, I thought, what in the world is going on? That is not even close to how you spell tuition. <laughs> and I thought, and he's the director, right? What a great awareness. And now I'm kind of go, I'm like going all the way back, you know, and I'm thinking about my daughter and I'm thinking about how empathetic she is, what a skill she has as a diplomat. And how she can translate ideas into physical products and pieces of art. And she's the person who led me to become a Quaker when she was four. Wow. (laughs) And I thought, all right, how can she be supported with whatever this writing thing is and all the other stuff? And then also see her strengths. Yeah. Well, and the word that's jumping at me, Roxanne, is trust. It's it was trusting her, trusting yourself. A lot of this is about that and trusting that with support and love and playing to her strengths that she was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. that she was going to find her path. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's for a lot of parents in our community. You know, you've heard me talk about we want to shift from parenting from desperation to parenting from inspiration. Because when we parent from desperation, our kids feel that, that fear. And when we parent from inspiration, they feel that belief in them, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. feel the the hope and the possibility for them. And that starts with us, not with them, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I'm it watching does. your face, There's this great smile. We do need to start wrapping the conversation up. There, yes. There's a, another direction I want to go in and Let's see if if this makes sense for you before we kind of bring it back. Mm -hmm. The other thing that strikes me about this notion of letting some things slide is what it must have been for you as a black woman, single mother. And what what the role where that issue came in to some of the decisions and some of the expectations around what you were doing and how that influenced what you were. Does that make sense? I'm not forming a great question, but I think you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. I think, you know, actually a part of that not not letting things slide, I think had to do with my being a black woman. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Because expectations are so damn high. Well, that's one thing. And also for my experience for black students, because I did work in in, in in the school system um, as yeah. well in, in a previous capacity, is that uh, sometimes the expectations for Black students, the expectation is low. Low, yeah. And so when I would hear, I think maybe that's why it took me so long yeah. to let things slide. Because I'm just thinking, oh, well, you're just wanting her to fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this layer of privilege and race that's influencing many of the decisions that you're not even aware that you're making as a parent. Right. And then a lot of times there were people, the people who were telling me, well, you know, it's not a big deal and everything will be fine. We're white. So, so I would think, well, see, because it'll be OK for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can pay this person and that person to do this and that, you know, right. so so there was that element for sure <laughs> on my part. Was there something that you had to come to terms with or accept or trust in order to to step into that as a black woman or mother, black mother? I, I think it's, it's I'm really not finding anything right now. I think it was just as, as for me as, as a mother, I, you know. Yeah. Um, and also something that you just said, that notion of that if I if I continue in this vein that I am doing the catastrophe catastrophizing is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that the yeah. word? Yeah. So it, it had to I had to make a choice at a certain point for her sake and for my sake. Mm-hmm. Am I going to go am I going to lead with desperation? Or am I going to lead with strength and and, um, and a and more of an abilities model? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's where we went. That's the direction that we went. Yeah. So so let's fast forward as we bring this to a close. Right. To finish the the narrative, to finish the story. Mm-hmm. We met at an international conference on ADHD. Yes. What brought you there? <laughs> well, after doing sanity school and um doing work specifically to help people finish projects, creative projects, 
I realized that serving entrepreneurs with ADHD in particular was a sweet spot for me, you know? And so that's what I started doing after sanity school. And it's, it's just been an amazing ride working specifically with creatives and course, course creators and other creatives with ADHD and with executive functioning issues and, and working as a midwife to help them get from, from the, from the concept to the creation of something um, to a delivery of a dream project or a, a course. It's all a dream project, no matter what it is. Uh, but to bring that thing to light, that's been my goal uh, for the past several years. And that's, that's why I go to the ADHD conference. Well, so, and I love that. So many of us in this space work in this space because we were impacted ourselves and, and we learned something that we realized we could share. And then, you know, we go back, we get training. We, you know, we, I, I became a coach. You became a coach, I think. Right. Yes. And then I, I often say that it's, it's not necessity is the mother of invention, but motherhood is the necessity <laughs> of invention. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, it was your experience as an adult with ADD and as a mother of a kid with complex issues that led you to this whole new career path you might not have even known existed. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I love that that's where we found each other again mm-hmm. was from a position of you standing in and playing to your strengths mm-hmm. as you cultivated that in your daughter, you also cultivated it in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of those who are curious about my daughter, she's in her senior year of high school now. Um, She's in an advanced placement visual arts program. Amazing. Yeah. Um, And and she's heading off to do amazing things in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to wrap this conversation up. Tell people, because you do have a business in this space. Tell me, what is your website? How can people find out more about what you do to midwife businesses? Yes. People can go to swellhead.com. Swellhead. So that's for people whose heads are filled with loads of ideas and they're looking to organize them and get them done. Uh, So swellhead.com is the website and I help Uh, people with ADHD create courses, whether those are online or in person, um, as well as I work with people uh, on an application uh, basis who want to finish a dream project, whether it's designing a board game or finishing a book of poetry. I love that. Mm -hmm. I tried to design a board game once. (laughs) That one was one of the many that wasn't enough of a dream. (laughs) Not yeah, sometimes it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was good to know too. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up this conversation, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners that or that you hope parents will take away from today, either highlighting something we have talked about or bringing up something that hasn't come up yet? I would say that whatever issue you're having, if even if you don't know what a solution is, even if you don't even know where to go, just dream, just daydream about in a perfect world, or if I could wave a magic wand, what would I like to happen? And I think 
if you start there, then you can just start looking to see if that thing exists. And if it doesn't, you find a way to create it. But speak, open your mouth, (laughs) send an email, send a message, reach out and connect. Connection is so important. Connect to other people, ask questions and say, hey, I need help. Because remember, if you're struggling with something, chances are there's someone else who is struggling with it or has gone through it and can help. Well, and it's that magic word of help, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we, we haven't talked about it a lot, but, but getting, shifting from I'm struggling to I want help. Yes. Not I need help, but I want help. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that can be such a big leap for so many people. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's okay to want help. It's, it's okay. And, and we're, we're meant to be interdependent. Yeah, we're designed to not just give, but also to receive. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. I love that. Thank you, Roxanne, so much. Do you do you have a favorite? I don't know if I prompted you for this. So, do you have a favorite quote or motto that you want to share? I have a favorite quote. It's okay. it's never too late to be what you might have been. Mm. <laughs> and that's George Eliot, who actually that was a pen name because George I was gonna say was a, a woman. <laughs> the beautiful woman George Eliot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's never too late to be who you might have been. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, several months ago when we reconnected, I I asked, are you ready to tell the story? And you paused and you really thought about it. And you looked at me and you said, yeah, I think I am. So how's it feel? You know, it feels like a lightness. It feels like a little fear, a little trepidation. It's great because I'm trusting (laughs) that it's going to help someone. Yeah. Yeah. I know it will. Mm -hmm. I know. I want to, I want to thank you for, for being so vulnerable I want to acknowledge you for the really difficult choices you've made along your journey and for handling them with clarity and with grace and with honor um, and with fear and feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to say a little bit about the grace and everything that, yeah, sometimes it didn't look very graceful and I want people to know that as well. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, but thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for what you and Diane have done for me, what sanity school has done for me. Thank you so much. Um, We just really appreciate you You and appreciate all the listeners too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And to those of you listening, I want to guide you for a moment to, to take a moment before you, before you move on to whatever your next is and ask yourself, What's your takeaway from this conversation? What are you? What are the insights that are coming to you as you've listened to this story? Um, there's always a lot of information out there, and I want to guide you to think about what what it means for you, what your insight is, and maybe what's one action you want to take forward into your week this week, having listened to and 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 processed and contemplated this experience. And as always, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for doing what you what you do for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, y'all, it makes a huge difference.
Take care, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.